Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. That was interesting. Huh. Anyway, welcome to the Monday Night Kickoff Show. I'm your host, Charles Levi, also known as Redfish Chuck. I will be somewhat solo from my typical partner in crime, Sir Puppy Vidal, as we hope that his family heals up quick. Here's me. I have a little bug going around throughout the uh, throughout the house there, so... With that being said, let's hit a little um, let's hit a button, give myself a good 31 seconds to figure out exactly what it is I'm supposed to do tonight. Give me the flat to dawn with plenty of tailing fish and the perfect fly rod yeah. and get ready for some magic. Join Bonefish and Tarpon Trust. Nice fish. And help make sure that the magic never ends. Visit tarbone.org to find out how you can help. There you go. Um, Bonefish Tarpon Trust, great organization. Check them out. Uh, I've got TJ on the line with me. TJ is going to be joining me tonight as my unofficial official co-host of the evening. What's up? What's going on, brother? It's another wonderful day What's in my good? neighborhood. Yeah. <laughs> another beautiful uh, rainy evening in the neighborhood. Uh, yeah. Lots of rain. Rain sucks. Rain has a way of trying to put a damper on Monday fun day. However, we can rise above the rain. I don't know if we can really rise above the rain. But we can (laughs) rise above the rain and have a good time, regardless of whether or not it's raining. Absolutely. There There you go. Oh, I am so lost right now. I don't know what to start talking about. TJ, tell me about (laughs) the weekend, man. Let's talk. Yeah, let's talk a little bit about uh, about your experience for the Fishkins tournament. First of all, <laughs> hold on, hold on. I'll, I'll give you a second to, to think about how to how if you do how you want to go about talking about that particular situation that unfortunately happened to you later on in the later on in the day for the tournament. So, Fishkins, Fishkins Apparel. 
many of you know Anthony and the guys from Fishkins. They're local here to Brevard County. Been doing their job for quite a while now. Got really cool skeleton art and uh, skeleton type fish art, zombie art, however you want to pronounce or however you want to describe it. Guys, every year these two these this well, I'm trying again. Every year these guys put on two great tournaments. All right. Uh, they do the slam tournament now, which basically consists of everything you can ever catch ever in the river. And then they do the redfish tournament later on in the year. This past weekend, <clears throat> there was the redfish tournament, so that was cool. Um, you have to be me and Steve Lester uh, from Wild Florida Outdoors. You, we got to do the, uh, the judging for the CPR, catch footer release section of the tournament. And that went fairly well. But uh, we didn't get to fish it. I could promise you it was a tough day, looking at the list of contestants and seeing who brought fish in and who didn't, and, you know, the size of fish and this, that, and the other. It was obvious it was somewhat of a tough day out there. Well, on the phones joining me, as I said earlier, TJ, who did spend some time on the water that day, and tell us about the conditions and how they may have played a favor or played a hazard in the fishing for the day? Well, it's kind of a long story, really, to begin with. But uh, We have an hour and a half, brother. Feel free to talk as long <laughs> as you want. Got a pretty uh, early start on the day to start off, for the most part. Um my plan originally, since, you know, I'm fishing out of a kayak, my plan originally, since there's been so many big fish out in the port landed lately, I figured I'd just kind of gamble and roll the dice and uh, try to make my way out there to those bait pots in the kayak. And, uh, you know, I was going to just do it artificial only more than anything because that's, it's just been working, you know, so, uh, Brought some heavy tackle with me. Wasn't really planning to go inshore for any specific reason at all. Um, headed out offshore with some, um, you know, some pretty heavy stuff. Seven six um, heavy action rods, pretty much. Some five thousand class spinning gear. Um, you know, tried to get on this fish. Uh, I was using a bucktail with a uh, Slayer ink uh, sticky paint uh, as kind of a tip, and. Uh, Got out there, got past and got into the bike, and uh, spent about an hour and a half kind of paddling around, searching for some bait, found some bait, uh, dropped down in the bait, and uh, got a hookup almost instantly on about a 10-pound jack. Uh, that went on for, God, I must have caught about three of those things, like right off the rip. And uh, after that, it started getting a little beyond sporty for my liking in the kayak that I am paddling in. So, <laughs> um, decided to turn around and, uh, I was kind of like mind boggled, but I decided to turn around and try to figure out a different game plan. So, uh, head back into the boat ramp and, uh, I was kind of mind blown because, you know, I live in Titusville and I'm all the way over in Cape Canaveral. And uh, didn't bring any light action stuff with me for inshore fishing. Um, didn't really bring a whole lot of artificial for inshore fishing, really, to be honest with you. And uh, <laughs> did not bring a cast net with me, so 
my my uh, secondary plan for kind of like a bait and wait for inshore was kind of out of the uh, out of the question, and uh, pulled up back up to the boat ramp, started talking with some gentlemen, and uh, I'll be damned if they didn't you know put me a cast net real quick on loan and said hey man you know use our cast net dude since you're in a tournament and you know grab me some bait real fast, so I was like wow well that's awesome because now I don't have to go back to Titusville, <laughs> so. Grab some bait uh, at the ramp, um, headed out to the no motor zone, east launch. And uh, the wind was still, you know, playing that part. And it was still overcast. So while I could, there was a little window where it wasn't blowing as hard. Got up, kind of started paddling around. Uh, ended up passing up like five schools of slot there looking for a heavy spotted fish. So I figured, well, heck, if I can't win the CPR, then maybe I can get in the spots, you know, get somewhere on the spots. And uh, pass up like five schools of slot fish, end up looking for a heavy spotter. You couldn't find a fish with darn near like any other spots, you know. And uh, so I said, heck with it. And uh, found my way over to a shoal, and uh, it was you know, the conditions were just right. Decided to post up on the shoal real quick with some uh, good old live finger mullet. Play the uh, gamble there for a little while. And I'll be darned about 20 minutes of sitting there twiddling thumbs. Uh, not something I usually do, bait and wait, but, you know, I had to kind of go with what I could go with. <laughs> and yeah. uh, sure as heck, end up hooking up on a, a monster of a fish. Um took me round and round, started stripping me off so good that I ended up jumping back in the kayak and uh, let him pull me around for a good solid almost 20 minutes. And um, it was by by quite a large increment the biggest fish I've ever hooked in my life. Um, I got a 48-inch coal board, and the fish, the whole tail of the fish was over my coal board. So, I mean, I never got the fish into the kayak. Um, if I had to guess, I'd say it was somewhere around 53 inches, somewhere around that, around that, about that. Um, I had the fish leadered up to the side of the kayak, and uh, from using that heavy tackle and bringing that fish in so green, um, kind of did a little bit of damage to the corner of the fish's mouth. Um, the hook was real loosely in there and I reached over to grab a pair of grippers real quick. Um, tried to grab my phone to take a picture, you know, get everything set up and, uh, sure as heck, one head shake is all it took and off you went. I went off the side of the kayak, tried to get him back and like I say, he was so green that he was just, he was up and running. Couldn't, couldn't get him back. Lost the biggest fish of my life in the middle of the tournament. That sucks. There's no way, I mean, there's nothing else to say about that, dude. It just sucks. <laughs> uh, I thought so, too. Yeah. I mean, when I saw you, when you come walking up, you have this look on your face like your best friend had just been punched in the throat and somebody kicked your dog in the head and your truck got stuck and your old lady left you and the kids don't like you. That's kind of how you look. <laughs> I, I, I was so upset that I almost because my house is 
know, on the way to the weigh-in over there at Old Florida Bar and Grill, and it took everything in my soul to pull into the weigh-in to kind of hang out with everybody. I was just so discouraged. I felt like puking. It's crazy. Yeah, man. Yeah, it's uh, it was a great event, though. I mean, overall, those who did bring in fish brought in some fairly nice fish, and uh, oh, absolutely, you know, absolutely. Yeah, I it was interesting. Go ahead. Go ahead. What were we saying? I had fun even. I had fun even after the fact of losing that fish. No matter what, I mean, it's it's always a challenge. Tournament fishing is a challenge. You know, you're rolling the dice every time you go out there and you fish. Um, you know, but you can't win that hand unless you play those cards. So, you know, it is what it is. This is very true. Very true. Yeah, and I was talking to a lot of folks, and what was interesting is it seemed that most people who went out looking for uh, big fish, uh, I mean, no, sorry, it's, uh, slot fish, through bait. There wasn't a whole lot of folks throwing, uh, throwing plastics, from what I understood. A lot of folks are soaking bait open for a big slot fish, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's, I mean, you know, when you're dealing with that type of uh, turn-in on the cast pot, that's, that's exactly what everybody's going to be doing. They're going to be, you know, trying their darnest to get those big fish in and, you know, get them called up and get them away, and hopefully, you know, they turn them in, the fish is nice and green, and walk home with a bunch of money, you know, or ride home with a bunch of money. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, either way, it was good. I'm looking right now. I'm trying to find a list of, uh, I guess they probably would have it on their Facebook page, a list of all of the, um, the winners and people who placed and such. Um, I would imagine Anthony would have posted that up by now. Let's see. Perhaps. Captain's meeting, that's the last time they posted anything. Hello. Maybe next week we'll try and find a, an actual list of... I know that we've got a couple of honorable mentions. I know that uh, uh, Jeremiah... Jeremy... Sorry, Jeremiah. Jeremy... Uh, <laughs> Second, second place in big fish. I believe that was a 43 and a quarter inch fish. Mark Krasnick took, took third place um, with a nice 42 and a half inch fish, I believe is what it was. Uh, I can't remember the guy's name. He took big fish, but it was 44 inches. So that was pretty close. You know, between the top three, fairly close anyhow. Oh, yeah. Um Yep. They're all beautiful fish I and mean, great-looking fish. I mean, the, all the photos that were taken for the top three were, were perfect. Um, you know, what's funny is we actually had a uh, disqualified one-person's fish picture because you couldn't see the fish's head. Really? It in, it was, yeah, it was kind of in a shadowy area of the photo, and there was nothing we could do to lighten it up to where we could have seen it. So that I'll was... Be yeah, it was kind of unfortunate for him, but uh, hindsight being what it is, it wouldn't have made a difference. He he didn't have a fish that was in the 40-inch range anyhow, I don't believe, so. Gotcha. What were you going to say? Now, was that, uh, was that picture taken in the early morning, do you know, or was it just, uh, you know, more or less a camera fault or what? No, I think it was just that the uh, the angle of the sun versus the angle where you had the fish's head stuffed, like it was in the in the foot well of a kayak. So, you know, by where your foot peg would be. So, um, typically not exactly gotcha. the best place to put a fish <clears throat> if the sun is just not right. You know, not straight overhead. So, 
gotcha. I'm sure that they learned a lesson with that one. But that's the thing about it, too, is that, you know, um, there's a lot to all of these tournaments, especially CPR tournaments. Um, there's a lot more that goes into it than just going out and catching fish. Dude, this sounds re- really, really funny, but I can't tell you how many fish I've put back during a tournament after taking a picture and forgetting to put the token in. Yeah, right. Yeah, I'm pretty that's, sure that's, that I'm just like not. The biggest issue of all, pretty much, is just make sure the darn token is in the picture. Yeah, like I, I think that. <laughs> I think that. Uh, yeah, that's probably why I don't fish tournaments. Because <laughs> I just know <laughs> at some point during the day I'm going to screw myself up. Like it's just going to happen. It's inevitable. Um, I'll tell you what yeah. I did. I actually. Uh, I took a lanyard and screwed it to my call board, and it has a clip on the end of it. So pretty much whatever token they give you, I just clip it to my darn lanyard. It's already on my call board. You know, I'm a kayak guy, so it's kind of like you got to be as modular as you can, and you can't forget anything, you know. So that's what I've been doing. Yeah, well... Yeah, there's a lot of guys that have different tricks. I know that Peppy, one of the things that he does is when he's when he's not fishing the boat division, right? They give him a little bit of crap because he's on a kayak fishing radio show and he constantly fishes boat tournaments. So, no, I'm kidding. It's awesome. <laughs> jealous, whatever. Um, no, what I know what he does is he typically has a um, a really strong clip that he clips his token <laughs> straight to the back of his measuring board and um, it goes there as soon as he gets it and doesn't come off till after the tournament's over, so... Yeah, a lot of guys are doing that, using a big, fat binder clip. Yep. Yep. Very smart. Very smart. I remember I was fishing the uh, Emily tournament two years ago, and, uh, yeah, not this past year, the year prior, and uh, caught a really nice trout and took a picture, actually took two or three pictures, and then let it go, and then uh, Peppy goes, I hope you put put your uh, token in the picture. (laughs) I'm like, Nikes. <laughs> so I didn't say Schnikes. Yeah. But yeah. I yeah. Wasn't very happy. <laughs> wasn't very happy at all. So anyway. You know, it's it's yeah. kind of funny. You know, you mentioned the token thing. You know, uh, another thing about them CPR tournaments that some people, you know, they fail to realize is that with a CPR division, it's been a. I mean. Granted, you know, it's it's one of them things where you get it in your head and you get bent on the fact, oh, man, people are going to be turning in these big fish. But, you know, in these CPR tournaments, just like the Cars Park Redfish Challenge, you know, dude, that was like a ridiculously tough day. I mean, you know, when people are turning in like 15, 16-inch fish in a CPR tournament, it makes you wonder, you know what I mean? So... Don't ever really call it out on yourself to take a picture of a freaking 15-inch fish because you never know. That could get you in a place, you know? Oh, yeah. Listen, that, let me tell you what. I have been a part of many of events where I have watched a dude walk up after the weigh-in is over, not having checked in any fish, only to say, uh, you know, I caught us you know, 17 and a half inch or an 18 and a half inch or whatever. And that fish would have put him in some money. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. A good buddy of mine. Um, 
good buddy of mine did that same exact thing. You know, we uh, we sought out after, you know, some fish together that day and kind of, you know, got off the grid together. And uh, when I met back up with him, he, he told me that he had a, a picture, uh, or excuse me, that he ended up throwing back a 15-inch fish and an 18-inch fish and never took a picture of them. And that would have still put him in, like, ninth place. And, I mean, heck, he would have walked away with, like, 70-something dollars. But, I mean, you know, that's whatever, 70 more dollars than what you walked up with. You know? Yeah. Yeah. You never know, man. Never know. Never know. You try. So, there you have it. My really, really weak, unofficial, official rundown of the fish didn't sound. I apologize. Next time I'll try harder to get the the actual information needed to make a good representation of what happened out there. Oh, it was tough, to say the least. It was tough. Yeah. Well, I mean, anytime you got a couple fronts pushing in, and you got a storm coming across the state, and then, you know, barometric pressure's dropping and rising all the time, and let's just get all started. <laughs> up, man. It happens. Oh, yeah. So switching gears now, uh, real quick, want to talk about the Veterans Day raffle to benefit the Heroes on the Water Space Coast chapter, I believe. Um, yeah, Space Coast chapter. So basically, over at Harry Goods Outdoor Shop down at, I believe it's 12, oh, no, hold on, let me pull up the picture. I don't want to get Richard's uh, address wrong. 1231 East New Haven Avenue in Melbourne, Florida. Very good outdoor shop, obviously. Uh, for those who live local, well, very well known, very well respected, family owned and operated forever. Um, and myself over at KBB Outfitters, located at 410 South Hopkins Avenue, Titusville, Florida, in the historic downtown district of Titusville. Believe it or not, it is historic. We decided to uh, get on board and help out and try and get some tickets um, for this great benefit. Tickets are a dollar per ticket, or uh, you can do 25 tickets for 20 bucks. Drawing will be held Sunday, November the 16th at the Howe Barbecue in Merritt Island, at Merritt Island's Kiwanis Park, Kiwanis Island Park. Um, Need not to be present to win. Purchase your tickets at uh, both Very Goods or my shop at KBB Outfitters. You can also PayPal your tickets as well. PayPal for your tickets as well. Um, so, for more information, feel free to contact M is in Mike dot C O sorry C O N N E E N. Let's go over that again. Mike as in well, sorry. You try it one more time. One more again. <laughs> Jesus, I'm tired, man. Uh, M is in Mike dot Conin. It's spelled Charlie Oscar November November Echo Echo November at Yahoo.com. Mike Canine, M Canine, sorry, M dot Canine, oh, <laughs> Yahoo.com. There you go. You want to uh, contact Mike and purchase some tickets uh, over PayPal, you can do so. And with that, there's raffle items that are consisting from the following manufacturers and companies, such as Slayer Inc. Lure Company, Scott Graham's Outdoor Art Snook Necklace, the Devones 
uh, Carver. He's doing redfish necklaces, um, custom rods. You got Yeti prize pack, Banks Lure prize pack, um, Razor Fins apparel, Estrada Art apparel and prints, and more. Recently added to that list was uh, Fish Skins, Impact Lures, Stiff Life, and Adventurous Custom Rods by one Mr. Durwood Roberts. So there you go. Some pretty cool prize packs there and pretty cool prize items available for you to win and to support a great cause. 100% of the funds that will be raised will stay local. How is a nonprofit organization that takes heroes out kayak fishing and after that they eat lunch? All of the cost, uh, all of the cost money, uh, all of this cost money, excuse me, so please help out if you can. There are some great prizes and, uh, and the tickets can be bought at Harry Goods again, as we said, and KBF. I'm just trying to read off what I got here online. Sorry for being all jumbled. I'm off my game. <laughs> yeah, that's a great organization, man. Heroes in the Water does great things for great people, you know? Oh, yeah. I mean, they've got a lot of guys involved in, in you know, <clears throat> getting on the water. and I just, I've watched plenty of people walk through our doors who have gone out and, and, and paddled with them and actually had quite the interest in picking it up, so that's pretty awesome. Oh, yeah. So there you go. Uh, also on the phone lines. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Hang on a second. Stand by. Hold on. <laughs> for your for your job well done on your on your uh, business class that you basically threw down this afternoon for us all. Thank you, sir. <laughs> yes, indeed. It was uh, it was a good day. Yeah. Good day getting rained on. Good day with good friends. Good day drinking cold beers. It's usually a pretty good day. Exactly. We can never keep Steve awake. We might be all right. Oh, Lester? <laughs> yeah. Go, Lester. Well, <laughs> actually, Lester and Alex were both not at the same not the same time. Anyhow, it was cool though. Uh, I will tell you, watching Captain Pat in the kayak was was quite entertaining. And then to find out <laughs> that he fell in the water, getting trying to get out of the kayak was even better. <laughs> yeah, that was uh, that was pro- probably the highlight of the day was getting Captain Pat in the kayak. I was wondering when I uh, when I came back around the corner, I was wondering why Pat was wearing a whole different wardrobe, and then I found out oh, later, yeah. I thought it was pretty funny myself. <laughs> yeah, well, he was making fun of me, fat kid in a little boat, trying to climb into the <laughs> kayak, and, I, and see, it just goes to show you, you know, you should stick some stones, man, you shouldn't you shouldn't talk trash, because you do, sometimes bad things happen, and Captain Pat tried to talk trash, and he fell in the water. <laughs> I'm honestly just, just saying good sense to see it because it would have been awesome. Just saying. Um Pat. Oh, he was fun. He was a trip. He's paddling in behind me. Hmm. Look at this. This is this is all right, you know? Pedaling around the couch <laughs> and then the ultimate here. My legs hurt. <laughs> <laughs> what? <laughs> 
time for you to go back, man. You should just go back. And then Lane got picked up a little bit harder and harder to get. But it was cool. Got to explore some cool spots, check out some new areas, and uh, found out that areas that we thought weren't too deep or really deep, and areas we thought would be deep or not deep at all. Some surveying, if you will. So it was very interesting. And, uh, yeah, whatever. It's always a good time hanging out on Sunday, Monday. So, anyway, if anyone's out there and wants to call in and share a story with us or fishing forward or looking forward to doing something, have a question, comment, concern, or whatever, feel free to call. As always, the guest call-in line number is 714-816-4727. 714 So what else new and exciting, Mr. Gritsky? Um, not a whole lot. Kind of a slow slow week in the charters and uh and uh take take the time to, to get some of the business side of the, the charter industry done. Um you gotta do that every now and then I guess. And uh and relax a little bit and see what this weather's gonna do to us. Today was uh, was a monsoon. <laughs> Hopefully, it doesn't continue that way. It's supposed to clear up throughout the week, and you know, kids are off of school tomorrow. So who knows? I might end up on the water somewhere. Yeah, indeed, the kids are off from school tomorrow. Um. Well, so let's see. All right, I'm gonna change. I'm gonna change the. Uh, I'm gonna flip the script. Put the script. Here we go. I don't know, man. I'm, I'm running out of shit to talk about. So, um, yeah. Fly time. That's the topic. Go with it. No, I'm good. I'm good. <laughs> go ahead, man. You can go ahead. No, you were able to put out a pattern that, uh, what was it, the muskrat? That uh, <laughs> that got you a fish. Yeah. So. Yeah. Well. So so Captain Pat Murphy comes into the shop the other day, and we're talking about you know fly tying. Captain Pat's been tying flies for a long time, and um, you know got a lot of respect for the guy for that. You know, it's part of the industry that, that seems to be somewhat dwindling away. I mean, it's. You don't see nearly as many of the old guys. I don't mean to call Captain Pat old, but uh, you don't see many of the uh, older guys being so forthcoming with information when it comes to tying flies. So, um, at least not around here. So, Captain Pat came in and gave somewhat of a seminar on how to spin deer hair uh, to make pretty cool fly patterns, all kinds of different stuff you could do when you do that whether it be mice or rats or worms or divers, bait fish patterns, all kinds of crazy stuff. So my second fly that I've ever tied this this style uh, turned out looking more like muskrat than like, than like the original plan of a bait fish. So I figured, well, we're, we're, we're looking for bass. Perhaps maybe a bass will eat this. And sure, lo and behold, one dead. And really, that's to me, that's part of the the allure of kayak, or not kayak fly fishing, but just fly fishing in general. 
is being able to take something that, you know, whether it be a natural material or um, a man-made material, uh, and create something that once placed in the water and stripped uh, back to you looks and acts like something in the natural world that can fool a fish. It's pretty cool. I'm not going to lie. It is pretty awesome. And what I learned about spinning deer hair is that I need more deer hair because you go through a ton of deer hair to do these flies. I've got one at the shop now that I think I might just leave the way it is. I'm going to call them uh, Kermit the Fish or something or Kermit. I don't know. It's a green, white, giant fuzzball. TJ saw it today. <laughs> but all of that, that's a lot of deer hair, you know. And oh, yeah. But the thing is, is when you trim that thing down, you get you get you take a double sided razor, or take a pair of good, really sharp uh, scissors, and you trim that thing down. Uh, you can create something that almost swims underwater when stripping it, and that's what that little muskrat looking thing I tied up did. I flipped it over towards you, and you saw it underwater. I think it looked good, didn't it? TJ. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Like Pat was saying, though, you know, uh, whenever you put more of that deer hair in there like that, it makes a higher density. So yeah. when you trim it down, it becomes more aerodynamic. So it right. becomes, you know, easier easier to throw, and you can throw it with uh, a lighter weight fly rod, you know, per se. So, you know, you just kind of got to watch how much material you're using within that fly. Yeah, it's kind of crazy. I mean, the first time I went to do it, I was being all sparse with the hair, maybe, you know, a half a dozen, a dozen, maybe two dozen strands at a time. And Pat's like, just get some big clump. And he grabs the scissors and, like, cuts, like, half the body hair of piece, pieces. <laughs> and it's like, yeah, yeah, just stuff that on the hook. Just stick that right there. That'll be fine. <laughs> I'm like, my just, God, just, man. Just mount it on there. Just put some glue yeah. on it. Yeah, just put some glue on it. That'll be fine. Just uh, mount it on there. Yeah. Well, I, I mean, I tell you that story to tell you this story. So uh, the other day, or the other evening, I should say, at the shop, we had some folks come by. Uh, they lived down in Melbourne Beach, and they were next door looking at kayaks. Well, they walked in to the uh, outfitter shop and were buying some flies up. And so they walked over and were talking with me. And um turns out she has vice. She has a vice. She has a bunch of tools. She has all kinds of stuff at home that was her father's fly fishing or fly tying gear and she's trying to learn and, and get into it and figure it all out. So um where and so anyway we um we took the time to go through and show her how to tie up a couple bit well one different pattern um that what she was probably used to seeing and uh it's it's interesting because as soon as she got home the first thing she did she jumped on onto her bench and she uh, tied up a fly real quick. So she sent me a picture of the fly on social media. Well, that's what I'm talking about. Like it, it was like they saw it and she had to go to it. It's, an, it's like a weird, I don't know, man. I don't know if any of you guys feel that way when you come in and you see us tying or whatever, but it's like a weird thing where, like, all of a sudden you just, man, now I'm pumped and now I need to go do that. So, like, I can watch Captain Pat spin to your hair and, and trim it out and make a really great, you know, diver pattern or whatever, or slider. And then I can turn and I can watch Lester do the same thing. 
I can only sit back and wait wait my turn on a vice for so long, you know. I mean, like I I I like have this weird need to create stuff when the vice is sitting there, just you know, not being utilized. And by the way, uh, I am the proud owner of a Renzetti Saltwater Traveler, and I'd like to thank the uh, the fine folks over at Renzetti for keeping their business local here in Titusville, and. Uh, also employing as many people as they do and doing all the great charitable type of events that they do as well. Great organization. If you're looking for anything fly tying related, vices, scissors, bobbins, I mean, stackers, anything, they've probably got it. I know they I know they have it. So uh, check out the Renzetti's so if you get a chance. At Renzetti.com, I believe, is their website. What do you think, TJ? Are you going to start getting more into tying or what? Oh, absolutely, man. Every time I come in there, you know, Steve's tying or Pat's sitting there, him hauling around on the bench. And, you know, every time I see something, man, I just want to dive into it, you know, try it out and see what see what the dealio is. And, uh, you know, that's what it's all about, though, is, you know, using your resources, you know, getting involved with it. And, uh, you know, physically putting your hands on it, just like you said, you know, there's only so much time before you can just sit there and watch so much before you just say, hey, man, just give me that stuff and let me do it. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. How about you, Alex? You know, I haven't tied a fly in so very long, but, you know, I I feel it's a lot like, uh, you know, anybody who, ties their own fishing rod or, you know, makes their own lures, whether it's a, you know, sitting there carving a wooden lure and, uh, and putting some big old hooks on it or, or pouring their own plastics or, um, you know, tying flies, you know, if you're able to make something and create it yourself and then take that creation, whatever it happens to be, whether it's a rod or a fly, and uh, and then go apply it to the water and, and get yourself a fish with it. It's definitely uh, taking taking fishing to another step, I would say. You know, there's a lot of different uh, levels of, of angler you can become. You know, there's you know, everybody from the guy who just sits on the shoreline soaking a shrimp and hoping something bites to, you know, the guy who's on the bow of a boat casting that same shrimp at, at a redfish he sees. You know, it's different levels and, and taking yourself to a level where you're actually creating something and then and then using that creation to uh to put fish on your boat it's um or your kayak whichever it may be uh you know it's definitely uh it's a fulfilling process and i definitely understand where it is the first ties flies i ever tied were just real simple clousers and stuff like that for the tarpon out there on my street and uh you know there was nothing better than than tying up a couple flies and and going out and, and hooking tarpon on them. And uh, they were much better than any fly you bought at a store or anything like that, mostly not because they swam better or looked better or anything like that, but, but because it actually came from your hands and, and put you on that fish. It was It's definitely a different experience. And, you know, it's, it's not for everybody, but for people that are looking to get a little more intimate with their fishing and, and understanding the prey items of the fish that they chase a little better, you know, there's nothing, you know, nothing more fulfilling than tying up some flies and, and hooking some nice fish on them. Yeah, it's uh, and it's a lot of fun too. I mean, honestly, just to sit down and and come up with something. Hoping what's really interesting, what I guess what would be the hardest thing to do is to try and come up with something new, right? 
trying to come up with something that's brand new that's never been done before, like a new fly, a truly new fly. Like it sounds like it's pretty easy, something easy, relatively easy to do, but I'm telling you, everything seems to be a variation of something else. You follow me? I mean, like I tie, um, I call them tarpon toads, or I mean they are tarpon toad, but um, tarpon toads and quans to me. Uh, are two of my favorite flies to throw for redfish and for tarpon. And, uh, you know, I'll take a quan and a tarpon toad and kind of, you know, flip-flop a little bit. I'll take the the head of the tarpon toad and put the tail of the quan on the tarpon toad or vice versa, whatever the case may be. So it's just a variation of that fly. But, you know, what's really cool, and and today was a uh, a good demonstration of that for me anyway, was that, Fly fishing is definitely something you can do quite easily from a kayak as long as you really watch where your line's going. You have to really pay attention <laughs> to where you're stripping your line out. That's all I got to say. Because your line can get tangled around stuff within the uh, the cockpit of the kayak, um, tangled around anything from, well, anything. I think today I had my line tangled around just about everything you can tangle on in the kayak at one point or another. <clears throat> a little frustrating at first, but, uh, you know, once I figured out, okay, if I drop the fly line right here, I'm good, and I didn't have any more problems. You know, and uh, one of the things we get a lot, or one of the questions we get a lot at the shop, and two, I get sometimes from time to time on uh, Facebook, is, you know, what weight fly rod should I be looking for to, to grab to fish from a kayak or, you know, what weight fly rod should I look for to uh, to go just fish, you know, wading or throw off the beach and this, that, and the other. Well, depending upon your prey, depending upon, upon your target species. And, yeah, that will all really depict what you're going to, what you're going to want to throw. Now, the, the, I guess the elephant in the room would be, yeah, fly fishing looks like it could be really, really expensive. And don't get me wrong, it can be very, very expensive if you just jump in feet first and decide, I'm going to buy this and I'm going to buy that and, you know, top of the line this and top of the line that and so on and so on and so forth. Here on the Space Coast, what we do, redfish, trout, snook, small tarpon, things like that, you don't really have to have the greatest of equipment to get started. Um, however, with that being said, if you buy junk, it's going to it's going to be junk, right? In the fly fishing world, that's like the one. I think fly fishing is the only style of fishing where you really don't want to go that route, if at all possible, right? I mean. Because if you go out and you buy a you know a, a forty dollar fly rod or a hundred just a hundred dollar fly combo and you take it out into the salt, chances are you end up having some issues with it. Now, p- pushing that two hundred dollar mark, you can get into stuff nowadays that will actually hold up probably longer than the stuff that was twice as expensive five years ago. If that makes any sense. Um, so like typically. Down here, you know, what would you say, uh, Alex? What would you say? An eight weight, nine weight would be a good starter weight class to get into for the river. 
Yeah, that eight weight, eight, eight weight can handle, you know, handle a bigger redfish. It can it can handle, you know, if you might happen to to happen into a bigger snook or a, a bigger tarpon, but uh, still not so big that you're gonna kill yourself throwing it all day long. So eight weight, eight weight's definitely the prime, the prime setup for our area for sure. And then you know, if you guys decide you want to throw off the beaches. Uh, and when I say that, standing on the beach or from a kayak off the beach or from a boat off the beach, um, I personally wouldn't really recommend doing it with anything smaller than a 10. Uh, 10 weights would be a good, in my opinion, would be a good weight class to go with <clears throat> for a number of different reasons. But if nothing else, the obvious, you're fishing the ocean. If you hook something rather large on an 8 weight, you're probably never going to see your fly line ever again. <laughs> Most fly reels are not are not built to handle the kinds of stress that a big big fish can put on a on a on a reel. Um, unless you get up there in the high dollar stuff, and you know, but keeping it simple, entry level. I want to learn how to do this. It's always been something I've wanted to do. You know, there's a lot of options out there too. And uh, what I would do <clears throat> if I were you is I'd go find your local fly shop, wherever that may be, walk in, explain to them that you are a complete noob. You've never done it ever before in your entire life, <laughs> right? It's very important to say that because most fly shops worth their weight in gold, they're not going to turn around and say, okay, well, we're going to give you this combo, and this is going to be the one to do, and this is the only one you should ever buy, and blah, 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 blah. Most of them should explain to, or ask you a few questions like, what are you going to target? Where are you going to be fishing? You know, what what time of year are you fishing? And blah, 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 that kind of thing. So all of that stuff combined should help to, uh, to give you a pretty good idea of uh, what to look for, what to buy. Stay off some of the message boards and the, you know, the, the, the forums and the Facebook pages and all that kind of stuff. And, you know, try and stay away from that stuff when asking about equipment because what you, what I see it tends to happen is you get 50 answers and not one of them is exactly the same. So now you just confuse yourself even worse. Right? And allow the store that you go to to, to kind of hold the burden of you making a good, a good choice in whatever product it is. So say so you buy a fly rod combo from somebody and it turns out that the rod really isn't doing what you thought it was going to do or whatever the case may be, um, at least you have a place to go back to and, and kind of try and figure out exactly what it is that's making that rod maybe not work for you. Um, classes and seminars and things like that are all great things, to, great tools to, to jump in on and pick up on, um, especially if you're going to go and really try to make a go at fly fishing kind of hardcore. It, w- it would make sense to go out and, and spend an hour with somebody who knows what they're doing and maybe can give you a couple of pointers and, you know, get you past the beating yourself in the back of the head with a fly, you know, time in your early fly fishing career or hooking a house or hooking the trees behind you or all the various fun things I used to do when I was a kid. I think I pierced my ear five times with a, with a fly as I was learning how to throw it. So I know I embedded a fly one time in the back of my head. That was cool. My buddy pulled it out. Um, so, uh, yeah, it's fun. It is. 
it's not dangerous. I mean, I just made it sound dangerous, but it's not dangerous. Um, and I, and to me, there's nothing more rewarding. You know, it's so much more intimate than than throwing a spinning rod or throwing a baitcaster, where you're hooking a fish that's 50, 60 feet, 70, 80 feet away from you, 90 feet away from you. You might not even see it. So many times when you're fly fishing, that bite happens when you're 10, 12, I mean, 10 to 15 feet away from the fish, sometimes even closer. Um, so, you know, it's, it's definitely uh, a bit more interesting and entertaining. And I think you're going to start seeing more fly fishing type categories and tournaments and fly fishing tournaments themselves. I know that I'd like to put together a couple of them myself. And so, um, you know, it's, it's something different to do for sure. Definitely kind of separates you from the rest of the pack, so to speak, um, when it comes to, you know, diversity and being able to target fish, even when the plastics and the hard baits aren't working. Sometimes it's that, that subtle fly that hits the surface and just barely sinks and is almost neutral buoyant and slowly drops in front of their face and they crush it. So that's, that's it. That's my soapbox. That's my spiel about fly fishing again tonight. We're going to talk quite a bit about fly fishing over the next couple of months. And, uh, yeah, that's about it. about that? I'm looking, if, TJ, if you could see me right now, right? I feel the way that Alex looked earlier when he was falling asleep in the chair. <laughs> oh, man. Alex That's the way I looked last night, man. Yeah? Oh, yeah, man. That, that freaking tournament about killed me. <laughs> yep. Alex is sitting there in the chair just nodding off. Eyes are about just about to roll in the back of his head and Steve Lester almost fought, fell off a couch. That was interesting. Um, you just, you know, the, the weather takes a lot out of you. You know, it does. I mean, when when you're out there and you're paddling around, you're exploring new areas, and your mind is, is moving at a million miles an hour because you're trying to digest everything that you're seeing and all of the, the contours that you're finding about the bottom and this, that, and the other, and then you you, you couple that with cold rain, cold wind, and very, very much so not prepared uh, group of guys out there pedaling around and paddling around in basically a monsoon to try and figure out if there's any fish in these bodies of water. And it wears, it wears you out, man. It wears on you. It's a tough life. <laughs> it, is, it, it is. It's a tough life, yeah. Uh, here I am complaining that I got to go outside and sit in the kayak and get rained on while everybody else sat in their cubicle or sat in their office and worked today. So I guess in in retrospect, it's really not that bad. I guess I shouldn't complain. <laughs> Very true. No way. Anybody got anything to add? Uh, hmm. what, uh, what is the... Um, I know that uh, there's a, a little bit of an econ trip going on this uh, this weekend, and uh, and some other fun stuff with the Howl event and stuff like that. Is there anything on tap from KBB Outfitters that we should know about this weekend? Uh, Special sales. Are you yeah. are you giving all the all the guides on the radio station tonight are getting? 
90% off in the store, something like that, you know. That's a good idea. 90% off. 90% off. 90% off. Yeah, yeah, no, uh, no, it's not going to happen. But um, this weekend, uh, I got a phone call a couple weeks ago, and somebody asked me if we're going to have a Black Friday sale. And I said to myself, self, are we going to do a Black Friday sale, or are we just going to do a sale before Black Friday? Or will we do both? And I said, you know what, self? I think that doing a sale before Black Friday sale makes a lot of sense. Maybe catch folks complete before sense. they go. Huh? I said complete sense. Sale before yeah. Black Friday sale. Right. So that's what we're going to do. <laughs> this coming weekend, which, by the way, coincides with the food truck wars that will be going on downtown Tidesville, straight across the road or straight across US-1 from our location uh, on the other side of the on the northbound side of US-1. Um, it will also coincide with the opening of the brand new wait for it wait for it shoot I can't find it there it is wait for it Flayland Brewery. Wah, wah, wah. And there was much rejoicing. Come on, guys. Jesus. <laughs> no, no one's excited the about a brand new brewery. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> anyway. You guys are lame. <laughs> um, Playland Brewery opens its doors this weekend. Food Truck Wars in downtown Titusville. Uh, Black, before the Black Friday, Friday sale uh, this weekend. Started kicking off on Friday. And uh, there will be deals to be had. I'll, I'll post those on the uh, KBB Outfitters Facebook page. So keep them... Uh, Keep your eyes peeled on that. There will be some deals that will only be av- available to those who like the KBB Outfitters page. So I'll post some super secret little coupons and whatnot on that page. And if you print them out or just tell me about them at the shop, then we'll honor those said coupons. So there you go. You want to do a little early Christmas shopping before the turkey, before all the crazy people trampling each other over for televisions and Barbie dolls and whatever else is going to be hot this year. Stroll on into two of the outfitters and uh, or call me if you've got something that you're looking for and you're out of state and you want me to ship it to you. I'd be more than happy to do so. Um, there you go. That's all I got. There you go. CJ? Yes, sir. Do you have anything else to add, sir? No, I was just wondering if I like KBB Outfitters again on Facebook, do I get, like, extra coupons or something, or what? This is becoming the KBB Outfitters hour. Uh, yeah, yeah, if you, if, you, if you like the KBB Outfitters Facebook page, then I'm going to, you know what, I'm, I'll start all of this, I'll start all of this for the sale, but starting 
January, uh, January 1st, it will be closed. When we get back after our vacation, after the holiday season, what I'll do is uh, maybe like once a week, uh, we'll put up a coupon that can be used at the shop that week. And then we'll do it like a separate deal in the following week, or maybe we'll do it monthly. We'll figure it out. We'll figure it out. There'll, there will definitely be bonuses and um, special deals for those who give us love on social media. There you go. Oh, man, that sounds like a sweet deal. <laughs> sounds like you're reading from a cue card. <laughs> I'll give you five bucks for the show. I'll, I'll pay. I pay it over to you. <laughs> <laughs> oh Lord! It's like it's like it's like this. It's like uh, so, Chuck. How about you tell me about those sweet deals that you guys have going on at KBB Outfitters? <laughs> to or, which I or reply, I know. To which I reply, why yes, you are correct, folks. Stop on down at KBB Outfitters, and we will get you hooked up with deals. Awkward smile. We're, we're missing. We're missing Peppy tonight. That's who we're missing. Yeah, Peppy's not here. Peppy's not here. He's, he's sick, man. His whole family's sick. So, yeah, I know. We're coming yeah. down with it too, man. Oh, well, anyway. This got to be a tough one with three kids all. Tearing through the house, puking everywhere. Dude, what really yeah, right. sucks is that it's three kindergartners that are all running around like little petri dishes in in their classrooms, and you know when one gets it, it's bad enough. Like when Trey goes to school and he gets sick from being at school, you know we try and quarantine Logan, <clears throat> kind of keep him away from Trey as much as possible. But when you got triplets and they run around like like Pepsi kids do. I mean, there's no way you can stop that from spreading. <laughs> there's no way that's going to happen. Quarantine or not, it's just not going to happen. It'll be like that uh, nurse up north where they'll be out riding their bikes around each other and stuff and talking and jogging on everybody. So, uh, whatever. That's all I got. Sorry, folks. I'm just wore out. Hopefully next week's show will be much better. Don't forget, we still have... Uh, on Wednesday night, we've got the Low Sodium Show with with uh, Mark Wheeler. And then on Thursday nights, we have the Godfather himself, Mr. Chip Gibson. And with the, with the Roundtable, the Buzzards Row Roundtable discussion, which is always a good show. So there you go. But with that being said, I'm getting out of here. So, Alex, go ahead and do your thing, brother. For those looking to find me, book a charter, talk fishing, go ahead and hit me up on the interweb, locallinescharters.com, or give me a call at 321-480-3255. Make sure you stop by KBB Outfitters. They will have you hooked up the right way. That is for sure. Um, That's all I got for you. Appreciate it, brother. Good fun today. Look forward to another Monday Funday. And, uh, you know, tell the family to sit alone and enjoy that day off with the kids. TJ. Yes, sir. What's going on, man? You plan on fishing the rest of this week at all or 
going into the weekend? I sure am. Just like always, going to you know go out and do my thing as much as I can, man. Very cool. Very cool. Oh, goodness, I'm sorry, dude. Dang, Chuck. Going to sleep on us over there, buddy. Bad, man. It's bad. Just got called into work. The kids are out there snoring on the couch. Dogs are sitting here on top of my feet. <clears throat> I've got a... <clears throat> Tonight's beverage is brought to me by Canadian Dry. Canadian Dry Ginger Ale. For those, uh... For those days where you just feel like having ginger ale. I don't know what to say. It's delicious. Let's <laughs> try it out. Whatever. Uh, I'd like to thank Tyson Chicken Patties because they're delicious. They're in my belly. I'd also like to thank Rice the San Francisco treat, because you're easy to make, and I suck at cooking. And uh, I don't know, man. I'm just wasting some time. We're getting out of here. Thanks, I appreciate hey, it. Uh, thank you so much for listening. What? Hey, if I could give a little shout-out real quick. Um, just want to give a little shout-out to uh, my buddy Polly, um, a.k.a. Custom Rods. Uh, you can find him on Facebook. Um, all I can say is the guy makes a darn sick rod. Um, that's about all I can say about that. <laughs> so if anybody's in the little market to uh, get a little custom rod made, uh, hit up Polly, a.k.a. Custom Rods, on Facebook. He'll get you taken care of. Um, and, uh, yeah, KBB Outfitters, kayaks by both, keeping me floating all the time and keeping my lines tight. Thanks, I appreciate that. And so uh, I'm going to do something a little bit different. <clears throat> Getting off the end of the show here, I'm not going to go into my long tutorial of all of the brands in which I help to represent. I will, however, plug a few. And that's what I'm going to do from here on through. It's just a few at a time, and, you know, we'll, we'll figure it out at some point. It's, yeah, things are progressing here with the show, and I think there's some cool stuff coming, so we'll just go like this route. Thank you very much, of course, to Hobie Watercraft uh, for putting me on the water in arguably the best boats on the planet. Uh, that Pro Angler 17 is staring me in the face every single day I go to work. I cannot wait to get one in my hands. Uh, I'd like to thank, of course, Bending Branches Paddles. Uh, folks, There's they, they, we may or may not be working on something that will help with propulsion for you on the flats from Bending Branches Paddles. And I believe I'm going to be getting one of the demos to play with and, and try out and see how it uh, works out. And, of course, Intova Cameras. Thank you so much, Intova Cameras. And, uh, yeah, better work for tonight. Tom and Lynn at KV. I'm sorry, Kai Fabo. And, uh, you know, thank you guys very much for giving me the opportunity to do what I do over the other part of the wall. And um, that's it. All I got. So that being said, folks, I hope you have a wonderful week. Um, yeah, hit me up on, well, don't hit me up on my personal page. Hit me up on the TV Outfitters page or on the Kite Fishing Radio page. As I've stepped away from my personal page for a little while on social media, just need to get some things in line and refocus my energy on positive stuff. So, uh, yeah, there you go. With that being said, everybody have a great evening and uh, take good fishing in the future of our sport, right? So uh, until next time, we'll talk to you guys later. I'm Charles Levi signing off. See ya.
It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, avoid prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.